All right, if you remain standing, we're going to look at the Word here. Um, we are in a series called Built to Last. And uh, this series, kind of the synopsis of the series, it kind of comes out of the story that Jesus tells about uh, a rich person and a, uh, I'm sorry, a wise person and a foolish person. They each built a house. One built it on sand. The other built it on rock. You can kind of figure out which one's the wise person. Storms came blew away the foolish person's house, but the person who built it on the rock stood the test of time. So the series, really the synopsis of this series is really this, that um, when we build our life on the rock, we have built a life that lasts. And Jesus said, he is the rock on which the church would be built. You and I are the church. And so the rock has a name, and that name is? Jesus. One more time, that name is? So last week, uh, we started by talking about uh, uh, building an ark, and uh, I got to apologize to the front row. Uh, I'm really sorry about last week. I was pounding some nails, those of you who are here, and every time I pounded, the front row was doing this. Uh, But you got the point, didn't you? You you knew what I was, you you got the point. Yeah, um, if you missed that, you got to listen to the podcast. I mean, I was preaching lights out. I'm so sorry you weren't here. It was that good. Uh, No, but seriously, uh, God really spoke a powerful word last week, and I hope you'll listen to that. Today, I want to go to 2 Chronicles chapter 7. 2 Chronicles chapter 7 is in the Old Testament. Uh, If you're new to church, you can download a Bible on your phone. It's called YouVersion, and just look for the NLT, New Living Translation. That's what I read out of, and you're looking for 2 Chronicles. Chronicles. Today I want to talk about building an altar. A life that's built to last is built uh, on an altar. And so this is the story of Solomon. Now, if you don't know who Solomon is, Solomon lived about 900 years before Jesus. So Jesus hasn't come on in the scene yet. And Solomon was uh, the king of Israel, and he built the very first temple in Israel. And so then he had this dedication ceremony and and this party in 2 Chronicles chapter 7. And I want to read to you uh, the first couple of verses here. 2 Chronicles 7, verse 1. When Solomon finished praying, fire flashed down from heaven and burned up the burnt offerings and sacrifices and the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. That is a good Sunday right there. Said the priests could not enter the temple. This is how intense it was. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord. If you, when you read this, I'm telling you, there is a God because there are like millions watching this go down and it's being recorded in history. This is only God could do this. So, so the priests, they couldn't enter the temple because the presence of the Lord filled it. When all the people of Israel saw the fire coming down, I love this. It's the right response and the glorious presence of the Lord filling the temple, uh, they fell face down on the ground. Good response. Fire falls in church, I ought to fall. Good principle to live by. It says they worshiped and praised the Lord saying, he is good. Somebody say, he is good. He's good. His faithful love endures forever. Let's pray. God, thank you for this moment that we have could just open up your word and uh, to have you speak to us for a couple minutes here and thanks for this this house this house of worship it's a beautiful place and we're so thankful for it God I want to ask that you would speak especially to those who are new or those who are not followers of Jesus that they would know you want to speak to them too 
In fact, all of us, you want to speak to every one of us. That's what we need to do, church, in the moment like this. is not just me do all the praying, but, but we all pray. That you pray, God, speak to me. You're not a follower of Jesus? Pray, God, God if you're there, this is legit. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Speak to me. God, I just pray your word goes forth in this moment. Speak what you want to speak in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. All right, you can sit down. I'll tell you what, in, in Oklahoma, we, we love our Mexican food, don't we? Man, we love it. Um, in fact, within one mile of this building, there are seven Mexican restaurants. None of us are disturbed by that. We're excited about that. Seven different choices. I mean, we love it. Um, I, I Personally, the, uh, the way I choose my Mexican restaurant, maybe you choose it this way, here's how I choose mine. Based on the chips and salsa. Anybody do that? Ba- yeah, chips and my chips and salsa people in the house. I love chips and salsa. Embarrassingly so. I have no self control. Anybody else? Like they bring out the bowl. I don't know why, but I have no self control. I, I feel like a kid whose mom set a giant bowl of M&Ms in front of him and said, only eat two, honey, and then walked away and expected that kid to only eat two. I can't, the waitress walks away. I mean, it's every man for himself. It is a battle to the bottom of that bowl. I, I, can't, I, mean, I love chips and salsa. And then the waitress uh, comes back. And she looks, and there's just the little crumbs and the little sprinkles of the salt and then the bottom of the thing. She says, uh, would you like another bowl? And all you're thinking is, yes, of course. But you don't say that. You say, you know, because chips and salsa, you're supposed to be, well, you know, you probably, they would like, they want some, so you bring it for them. And then when they bring you the, the bowls, you ever get the bowls of, of the salsa? Uh, and they, there's like, you ever have this happen? There's like four of you sitting at the table and they bring you three? Why are they, why then you gotta figure out, you gotta kind of maneuver for your bowl? Here's what I do. I dip in and I eat and then I double dip. Mark it. I mean, you can use it if you want, but I'll just slide that right over here. That's mine. Now, now here's my problem. My problem is no self-control, and and I will eat, and I will eat, and I will eat, and then I don't know why, every single time, I forget there's a main course coming. And then they bring out the main course, you ever had that, where you're like, like somehow that's going to make more room in in your stomach for the food that's coming, and I do it every single time. I, I, I never can figure that out. So here's what I want to want to propose in 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 2018, we could do nothing but fill up on chips and salsa, and miss the main course. But but we shouldn't fill up on chips and salsa because there is a a, a main course that is for us. And and here's what what I mean by that: we we can use this year and just kind of fill up on on myself, that it, this year would be about the year of me, about my needs and my wants and, and, and my desires and where I, I fill up on myself. Now, here's the thing. Chips and salsa and filling up on myself have one thing in common. They are both bad for you, both of them. 
And in fact, I want you to think about this, because I think in, in a house like this, most of us think a message like this is, oh, it's about, it's about, it's about the person next to me. It's about that person over there. Because, I mean, we think, well, I'm not, I'm a little selfish, but I'm not that selfish. I mean, come on. But think about it. You ever gone home at the end of the day and said, hey, I just need a few minutes to unwind. And then you bury yourself in your phone or Netflix, and, and then you look up and two hours have passed, and you've completely ignored those people in your life that you love and that need your time and attention. Or, or have you ever said this before, you know, well, I'm just going to treat myself. I just need to treat myself. I deserve it. I'm getting a double soy latte with a shot of vanilla in it. It's all me, girl. I mean, it's just like, well, you're like, you don't have any money in the bank, but I'm going to treat myself because I deserve it. Or, or here's another good one. If you're a parent, if you're a parent, you ever got one of those emails? <laughs> And at, the, at the, the header at the, at the top says, help, 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 we need volunteers. And you just go, delete. <laughs> you don't even open the email. I mean, we, we all, we all deal, deal with this. We all, we all struggle with this disease of me. Come on, tell somebody right now, you struggle and, and I struggle. You got the disease of me. So here's the thing. As followers of Jesus, for those of us who are followers of Jesus today, we know and believe that the main course is the very presence of God. We desire the presence of God. As we, we launch into this new year, what we want more than anything is to experience God. Like, I, you hear the stories of people who say, yeah, you know, God talked to me and he told me to do this and I heard him say this and he led me this way. And we're like, man, I want that. I want God to speak to me, and I want to hear his voice in my life. You, you want to pray prayers that you know when you pray it that the God of the universe is actually listening and, and that he responds to your prayers? How awesome is that? How awesome would that be in your life? How great would it be to experience the presence of God in your life? But in order to do that, we got to push the chips and salsa away. We got to push them to the side if we want to experience the presence of God. So here's Solomon. He he experienced the presence of God like few people ever did in Scripture. Maybe Moses had a, a, an event like this, and and of course the disciples walking with Jesus. But I mean, this experience that Solomon had, the presence of God, is just crazy. And he kind of shows us in Second Chronicles how to experience. The presence of God. Go to 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Let's go back to verse 1. I want to read it again. It says, When Solomon finished praying, fire flashed down from heaven and burned up the burnt offerings and sacrifices. And come on, say this with me, will you, church? What? The glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. So Solomon, get the picture here. Solomon, he builds the temple, he builds this altar, he puts these sacrifices up on the altar, and then the fire of God falls, and they all experience the presence of God. Listen, if you want to experience the presence of God in 2018, you got to build an altar. That's what you got to do. Come on, say what you got to build an altar. Come on, tell two people, you got to build an altar. You, you got to build an altar. Here's the thing, God, 
God's not asking us to show up next week with, you know, a, a heifer. I mean, he's not saying that. I mean, I will, as the priest, accept brisket and ribs. I am accepting that if somebody so wants to. But that's not what he's asking us to do. No, we, we know as followers of Jesus that Jesus took care of that on the cross. Like he was the final sacrifice. One time for all time, uh, can I get an amen from God's people? Jesus did that for us, and no longer is it about Jesus' presence or God's presence being in the temple, but now we are the temple. And here's the crazy thing. If you don't know Jesus, this is crazy. The fire of God can be in you, and you can experience the very presence of God. That's what God desires for us. So if you're taking notes, and I I know you are. You're a disciplined bunch. You love Jesus so much. In your chair back is a little message note. I want you to to write this down because this is where I want to go for a few minutes. The, The sacrifice I offer is my time, talent, and treasure. The the sacrifice I offer is my time, my talent, and my treasure. In in other words, we, we offer ourselves. That's what we do as followers of Jesus. We offer ourselves as the sacrifice. And now here's the thing about sacrifice. Sacrifice isn't easy. It's difficult. That's why they call it sacrifice. Because something has to die. I I remember in my own life, uh, a time of sacrifice, 2012. Laura and I were pastoring in East Tulsa, and we got a call to come and pastor this church. And we went through a time of, of prayer and fasting, and, and this church was at the time was, was struggling. We'd fallen on some difficult days. And part of me wanted to, to do that. I was compelled to come, but another part of me was like, no, we're, but the work that we're doing in East Tulsa and, and, and the work, and some of you here today, you were a part of that. You remember that, and you were a part of what we were doing in East Tulsa, and, and we were pushing this work forward. And I was like, well, God, and, and I remember wrestling with it and praying about it and finally just coming to this place where I just felt like, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. And so I called up the leadership of the church, and, and I, I told them no. I actually said uh, no. And then I hung up the phone, and um, Laura said, hey, how do you feel? And I said, uh, I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good. And she said, okay, well, let's just pray about it one more time. Oh, okay, all right. Here we go. But I was like, all right, we'll do this. And so we, uh, I, just, I remember it like I just see the picture in my mind. We, were, we sat down on the, the bathroom floor, and she grabbed a hold of my hands, and she began to pray. She didn't get but two words out of her mouth, and, and God just spoke to me. I mean, not audibly, but man, I, I could just sense, and he said, he said to me, um, lay down your Isaac. You need to lay down your Isaac. Now, for some of you, you're not familiar with the story of Abraham and Isaac, and I don't have time to go into that whole story. You can look it up in Genesis. It's a crazy story. This guy named Abraham, God tells him to sacrifice his son. I know, it's nuts. It's an insane story. But he does. He takes his son, puts him up on the altar, but God intervenes in that moment. He ends up not sacrificing his son. But God had spoke to me in that moment, and he said, this is your Isaac, and you need to sacrifice it. 
Now, what you have to also understand is this was hard for me because I had a dream that God had put in deep embedded in my soul um, during a time of prayer and fasting that I was, I was praying and fasting for like 40 days during a Lent season, and God spoke to me and said, I, I want you to start a compassionate ministry center. And, and as fast as I could write down, I put down, oh, man, we're going to help the homeless, and, and we're going to help people that are in addiction, and we're going we're gonna to have a food and clothing thing. And I started writing down all these different ideas, and, 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 and that, that dream for the people of East Tulsa, can I, just, can I just be transparent with you? I was thinking, I don't want to go to the suburbs. That can't, ha- that can't happen in the suburbs. The people in the I don't. I, I, I'm, I like where I'm at. And, and God said, if you will lay this down, if you will make this sacrifice, I promise you, I will exceed your expectations. And man, if he did not exceed my expectations. Like five and a half years later... The work that God is doing because our churches came together and because people united together is crazy, and we are just getting started. And then in 2014, God brought that vision back to me about this compassionate ministry center, and I'm like, well, we're in the suburbs, God. And so I started having some conversations with my friend, Buddy Davis, and a lot of you know Buddy. And Buddy and I were working together, and, um, and we started having these conversations, and then Buddy had to lay down his Isaac. And we launched Abba Compassionate Ministries Center that now is ministering to hundreds and hundreds of people every Saturday night, people getting free from drugs and alcohol and sexual addictions. Listen. Helping the homeless, taking groceries to people. And then last year, they took over a food and clothing distribution center that is ministering to over 350 people a week. A week. Okay? Then... Then on top of that, we get in front of the warden of one of the, one of the jails in town, and we get in front of the warden, and he says, i got to go to lunch with you guys because I don't know what's happening at your church, but I want to be a part of it. And God exponentially opens these doors for more and more ministry impact. You know, we are going into the prisons, or I should say Abba Center is going into the prisons, and hundreds and hundreds of people are getting set free. This is what God can do when you put yourself on the altar and sacrifice. Now, here's the thing. We don't all have to do some grandiose thing. God sometimes wants to do the small thing. See, God's not going to call all of us to go start a church or do these grandiose things. He's not, he's not going to do that. But I want to pause and I want to say this. He's going to call some of you. Some of you, God's put a vision and a dream and a, and, and a desire and a plan, and you need to activate it. You need to step into it. You need to put yourself on the altar and say, wherever, whenever, however, I will do it, and I'll do it today. That's what you need to do. But listen, here's the thing. God may not call all of us to start a church, but he calls all of us to partner with the church. He calls all of us to give our, our, our sacrifice, our time, our talent, and our treasure. And I watch you guys do this week in and week out and week in and week out. And it's not always the big visible things. This is, this is what I, when, when I went to make this sacrifice of uh, when Buddy and starting the Compassion Ministry Center, one of the things that God said to me was, was this. He said, you okay with somebody else getting the credit? 
And that caused me pause. It really challenged me. Because I think intuitively inside, a lot of us, not most of us, probably all of us, we want a little bit of credit. But man, I, I just, no, I don't care, God. I don't want the credit. I don't need the credit. I just, I just want the kingdom to grow. I don't, I don't, I don't need my name. I, don't, I want the kingdom to grow. Listen, and here, here's, here's the point on this is that, listen, that's who you are. That's who this church is. There's so many of you, you don't need the credit. You don't need somebody to know your, your name and, and what, you're, what you're doing in this church. And it's sometimes the little things. Like you walked in today, and I know all of you are doing it, okay? All of you are taking notes. You got those message notes. I'm watching y'all. Y'all writing stuff down because you're that godly. You're that spiritual. You're amazing. And, and you're writing down those. You know where those message notes came from? Because somebody got up early this morning, way before first service, showed up here, took a stack of them, and went chair to chair to chair to chair. And what's happening is you took out message notes and you're writing it down. You're going to take it with you. And this week, you're going to be thinking and reflecting on the things of God. You're going to go into your core group and discuss the things of God because somebody went chair to chair to chair to chair. Those next step cards that you fill out, those next step cards, guess what? Somebody put them there. The reason people are taking their next step, the reason people are saying, hey, I made a commitment to follow Jesus and we can follow up with them. The reason somebody's going to get baptized, prayer requests, the reason we can pray over requests every day for 30 days is because somebody got up early this morning, didn't care if you knew their name, and went chair to chair to chair to chair. Can we give, can we give them some love right now? I mean, that's amazing. And financial support and giving into the kingdom and giving to the church. Man, you guys get that. You understand that. You understand how you're helping one another. Like, let, let, me, give, let me give you a quick example of this. Um, Cooper and Abby, you were on stage, so just stand up again. Stand up right where you're at. And um, uh, Hamilton, stand up. Stand up right where you're at. Yeah, come on, stand up. Get some love right. Get some love right now. Get some love from God's people. All right, so here's what happens. Listen, when, when, when you guys give, in those little orange offering buckets or on the app or however it is you give to the church, you are giving to this family right here because we are all supporting and helping one another. In fact, we will invest in every individual in this church over $1,000 this year in every single individual in this church. We are committed to giving into your life and pouring into your life over $1,000 of ministry, okay? You guys can sit down. This, this is who we are. This is what we do. But it means I gotta put myself up on the altar. Put yourself on the altar and watch what God does. Laura and I, uh, last year, we were uh, in Central California in the Sequoia National Forest where they have giant redwoods, and they'd had some fires there. And so I was talking to some of the people involved with the fires, and I, I learned some things I didn't know. And uh, they do control, they let actually the fires burn. They used to, years ago, when a fire would flare up, they put the fire out. But what they learned was when they were putting the fire out, they were actually weakening the forest by putting the fire out too early. And so what they've learned is they need to let nature take its course. And they try to control things, and they let it burn itself out because what happens is the ashes from the fire settle down as a bedding 
and go into the soil so that the seedlings can grow up strong. And because of the fire, the forest is actually stronger after the fire. See, so many of us put out the fire of God because the cost is too high. Like, like we... we uh, we, we sing about sacrifice. We sing about surrender. I mean, sacrifice, man, sacrifice is a sexy word. Sacrifice. Oh, it just sounds, woo, that sounds hot. I mean, it's just, it's a cool word. Raise my hands. You got it all. All to Jesus I surrender. Yes, Lord, you can have it all. Hey, grab that next step card if you would. Oh, well, hey, let's keep my hands up. <laughs> oh, you want me to do what? Oh, um, yeah, and, uh, oh, invest. Oh, give. Oh, ah, and the cost is too high. And we put out the fire and we stunt our growth. We stunt our growth. I want you to write this down on those message notes because this is so important. The ashes of sacrifice cultivate the soil of the soul. The ashes of sacrifice cultivate the soil of the soul. In other words, you grow stronger in Christ as you sacrifice, because when you sacrifice, you're burning your selfish desires, your selfish motives. I'm burning myself away to make room for God to work in my life and build me up. Let that fire burn. Come on, keep that fire burning. Tell three people right now, keep that fire burning. Come on, three people, tell them right now. Help each other. Keep that fire fire burning. All right, so let me get this straight. So if I serve and I give, I'm going to experience the presence of God. Maybe, maybe not. See, because it all depends on your motive for doing it. God doesn't care so much about what we do, but, but why? Why am I doing it? I want you to contemplate this question. You, you may want to write this question down, but think about this question for a moment. Am I sacrificing because I'm trying to manipulate God or magnify God? Am I trying to manipulate God or am I trying to magnify God? See, the very first king of Israel, his name was Saul, and he tried to manipulate God. He, he did this constantly throughout his life, and one of the times he was in this battle, and their, their backs were up against the wall, and, and everything, I mean, just their men were terrified, and they were, they were d- deserting, and he, before they would go into battle, they had to make a sacrifice, and, and Samuel, the prophet, said, I'm coming in seven days, I'll make the sacrifice, But Saul got impatient, would not wait on Samuel, and he made the sacrifice himself, which he was not supposed to do because in the old covenant, it was the priest that made the sacrifice. But Saul was like, we got to win, so I got to make the sacrifice. And and so um, Samuel shows up and he says, what have you done? This day, your kingdom is taken from you. See, the kingdom was supposed to go through his generation and through his sons and his grandsons, but it was handed over to a guy named David, and that's how Solomon became king. See, Saul was all about manipulating God. If I do this, if I sacrifice this, then God will do this. How many times do we do that, that we, we use sacrifice as leverage against God? Oh, it's getting quiet in here now. Well, God, I mean, I'm, I'm serving. I'm one of those chairback people. 
every week. You know, see this guy? You know, see what I'm doing every week? Every week. Brad even talked about it. Talked about me. You're going you're gonna to see me? You're going to answer me? Where you at? We, we use it as leverage. We give. <laughs> I gave. How come I, why are these bills still pouring in? Thought I was supposed to be okay now. And we use it to leverage. We manipulate instead of magnify God. And, and here's the thing. Saul, Saul never learned. He did it over and over again. In fact, one time he went into battle and he took all the chips and salsa for himself. It, it, here's what he did. He took all the cattle and all the sheep and it was supposed to be given as an offering to God, but he kept a little bit for himself. None of us ever do that though, do we? We never keep a little bit for ourselves, what belongs to God. And Well, God, I mean, I know you understand, God, well, I'm going to keep a little for myself, and I'll give you this. And, and, and this is what Samuel said to him in 1 Samuel 15, 22. He says this to Saul, listen, listen, say this with me, what, these words? Obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice, and submission is better than offering the fat of lamb. See, what God desires more than anything is our obedience and our submission to him. And Solomon understood this. Solomon's sacrifice was never about him. It was always about honoring God and bringing glory to God. Look, look, look back at 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 6 and verse 10. This is before the fire fell. Solomon's praying a prayer, and in this prayer he says this words, I have built this temple to what? Honor the name of the Lord. See, we sacrifice for who he is, what he's done, for his glory, and for his honor only. Now, I don't know how your kids are, but my kids, they're amazing. They're angelic. They walk around with halos on. Never had a problem with them. But every once in a while, they were selfish. Not often. Every once in a while. That's sarcasm, people. All right. So sometimes I'd have to remind them, uh, hang on a second there. Uh, whose Wi-Fi are you on right now? And they would do this. Yours, Dad. That's right. Who put food in your belly? You do, Dad. Yeah, and, 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 and who put this, this beautiful heat that's going through the vents and keeping you nice and toasty warm? Who pays that bill? You dead. Yeah, that bed. You know, I, I was talking to a dad. He told me he took all the furniture out of his son's room, took it all out of the room. His son came home. There was nothing in his room to say, who gave you that bed? Listen, I, I, this is the thing. Sometimes I have to be reminded. I have to be reminded of, of the one who is providing for me. I got to be reminded. I mean, let's just practice this. Just do this with me. Everybody take a breath in. Now exhale. Where'd that come from? It comes from God. God's the one who gave you every breath that you have. You, you're going to walk out of here today. You're going to get in the car. It's got four wheels. It's got a door and a seatbelt. If it ain't got much more, stop your complaining. Because you got transportation. You got wheels. God gave you that. You're going to go home to your house. You're going to have a shelter over your head. Who gave you that? God gave you that. Hey, you're going to go out today because it's, it's like 65 degrees. You're going to be walking in the sunshine. Who put the sun in the sky? He did. Who gave you the ability to go to work? He did. He gave you that talent. He gave you that ability. He alone deserves our praise and our glory and our honor for nothing else but the fact of who he is. That's why we sacrifice. 
So God honored Solomon's sacrifice because Solomon honored God. I love this. Solomon's sacrifice was exponential. Over 140,000 cattle were sacrificed. A bad day to be a cow in Israel. Over 140,000, so much so they had to purify the front porch. That's how many sacrifices. I mean, it's like, can you imagine, I mean, just think Solomon going home, just imagine Solomon going home and his wife's like, really? Really, he sacrificed it all. What are we gonna eat now, smart boy? (laughs) No, she didn't do that because Solomon was blessed. He gave exponentially and God blessed him exponentially. This is who our God is and this is what he does. And it says in chapter 7 and verse 10, they were all, say it like you mean it, they were all what? Joyful and glad. Man, the happiest people I know, just listen to this. We're we're shutting this thing down. I'm landing this plane. But this you can take home with you and you, you can live it out Or you can just say, yeah, whatever. But I'm telling you, this is true. The happiest people I know are the most self-sacrificing people I know. They sacrifice exponentially and watch God bless them. Listen, core church has been built on sacrifice. It ain't about me. It ain't about me in 2012 making some sacrifice. It's about the people who were here before me that continued to sacrifice. It's about the people when we came in and we came together that said, I'm in. I'm in. What do we need? Let's get this thing going. How can we make this happen? And made sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice so that we could be where we are today and enjoy the fruit and the promised land that God has given us in this place because of the sacrifice of people in this place, people giving their time, their talent, and their treasure over and over and over again. And guess what? Somebody next week is going to walk through these doors for the very first time, and they don't know Jesus. So we got to keep on sacrificing for the greater good of others. Put yourself on the altar. Watch what God does.